0: One thing is money creation is like a big taboo topic and actually like having a conversation about how money is created has kind of disappeared from public debate. Hello, my name is Kirsty Styles, and welcome to the
1: new Economics Foundation's weekly economics podcast. This week I'm talking to Fran Boyt, Director of Positive Money, about quantitative easing for the people. the stuff of dreams, the cause of arguments, a source of both pleasure and anxiety. We hoard it in case we don't die, or we spend it knowing that we will. So Jeremy Corbyn has proposed something called quantitative easing for the people. You can understand the frustrations of of many in the Labour Party. He has politicised monetary policy. They want big, bold, clear solutions, but it's the detail now we've got to get into, because I'm afraid some of those solutions, the policies offered, are are not all that they're cracked up to be. In fact, they they risk hurting some of the most uh, poor, the, the most vulnerable, those on the lowest income. In normal times, Uh, This is completely out of order. But, of course, these are not normal times. Hi, Fran. I'm a big fan, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. So over the summer, Jeremy Corbyn won the leadership of the Labour Party, in case anybody hadn't realised. And one of his major pledges was to introduce what he called People's QE, Quantitative Easing for the People. No doubt a title inspired by the hit REM album Automatic for the People. Mm -hmm. Um, So first, let's go back to basics on this. What is quantitative easing?
0: So quantitative easing is when central banks create money, and that differs from how money is usually created, which is by private banks creating money when they make loans. So QE is central banks creating money, and with that money, they tend to flood financial markets with it by buying mostly government bonds from pension funds, insurance companies or banks. So essentially,
1: economists have found a way of electronically printing money and giving it to financial institutions to keep interest rates low. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Get banks to lend to small businesses again and boost the
0: economy does it work? Well, not really. So, as I said, money is created by the central bank and floods financial markets. That results in uh, basically inflating a stock market bubble. Who owns most of the stock market is the rich people. So, the rich get richer and it doesn't really do much for anyone else. And actually, the Bank of England have even released a paper which said that uh, quantitative easing has increased inequality. But it uh, it does keep interest rates low. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that Banks want to lend to business, it depends on their kind of confidence, and businesses might not want to lend depending on, you know, whether they're confident they can sell their products, they might want not want to borrow. And actually, since QE started, net lending to businesses has gone down. What has increased is lending to mortgages, consumer borrowing which is pushing up private debt to kind of dangerously high levels. And actually, the Office for Budget Responsibility is predicting that we're going to be at pre-financial crisis levels of private debt by 2019. So, that makes us quite vulnerable to a financial crisis. So, basically, no, it didn't really work.
1: Ah, private debt seems to be my, my constant foe at present. I'm sure you, you have to deal a lot with it as well. Mm. Um, so, what's quantitative easing for the people all about then? Uh, how would it be different from what the Bank of England did after the financial crash?
0: So uh, Positive Money has been advocating quantitative easing for the people or sovereign money creation for the last few years. And it's a different approach in that it's it's new money being created, but it doesn't rely on households and people to take on more private debt, which, as you say, we don't like. And so whereas normal QE is money flooding financial markets, QE for the people is about getting money directly into the real economy, bypassing financial markets, uh, and getting it to people either by government spending or by directly by uh, kind of cash payments to citizens. And importantly, it doesn't rely on this kind of idea of trickle down which we know isn't true by the rich getting richer and waiting for them to spend it because we know that doesn't work.
1: So you've just said cash to citizens which I can imagine the Daily Mail would have a field day with if all this went ahead. So in terms of getting the economy back on its feet why would that be more effective than giving it to financial institutions and how could you choose who or what to give the money to?
0: So yeah it would definitely be loads more effective than just giving it to financial institutions as with normal QE, because it would increase spending and incomes in the real economy. And that's really important because it would allow our debt to income ratio to actually fall, which is really important if we want to kind of reduce the likelihood of another crash and it reduce the kind of fragility of our financial system. And that in turn would boost jobs, support businesses and, and increase tax revenue without inflating asset bubbles, which normal QE does. But in terms of how to choose where to put it, there's kind of two broad proposals being put out by economists at the moment. The first one is getting money to uh, infrastructure projects, whether that's you know, much needed green infrastructure or social housing. And NEF has done a great report on that called Strategic QE. And it's also a bit, it's quite similar to kind of Corbyn's people's QE in terms of getting money to infrastructure. And the other one is, is advocated by some economists, which is where the Bank of England divides up the amount of money by the number of people basically gives them a kind of citizen's dividend and if you've got debt then you use that money to pay down your debt so actually remove some private debt and if you don't you can use it for spending. Okay but what could be more
1: irresponsible than using an emergency measure printing money to pay for everyday public services and what about the inflation? I don't like to use Zimbabwe as the crap economy yardstick Mm. but aren't we just going to end up like Zimbabwe?
0: In terms of using it as an emergency measure, actually, Positive Money advocate that it should be used as an ongoing monetary policy tool because our, our current monetary policy tool interest rates is basically broken and is just leading to um, forcing us all into more debt. And we don't like that. Uh, in terms of inflation, it's quite funny because whenever someone talks about money creation, everyone always immediately thinks of inflation. But they don't think about the fact that banks create money every day when they make loans. That's money creation. And the, the Central Bank, the Bank of England, has already created £375 billion in, in the QE programme to date. and. Uh, Whilst that leads to kind of inflation of asset bubbles and housing bubbles and financial markets, no one seems to worry. But when we start talking about money creation for people and for things we actually need, everyone kind of gets really angry and says this is gonna be like Zimbabwe. But there's there's no reason that we couldn't have money created and and put into the real economy in order to boost demand and create jobs without causing inflation. And actually the UK is in a bit of deflation at the moment. So there could be an economic argument that we need some of this QE for people stimulus in order to avoid a kind of debt deflationary spiral. So
1: isn't this just a way of using the independent Bank of England to find money to invest in things? An undercover way of doing socialism in the 21st century, I might, I might suggest.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think it's definitely not undercover socialism. I think partly that's because the money creation problem's been around for way beyond socialism was even a thing. Um, one thing is that economists from kind of all sides of the political spectrum have been advocating QE for people, saying that we actually need a way to stimulate the economy without people going into debt. Uh, Most recently, Olivia Blanchard, who is the former chief economist at the IMF, he said that central banks should be uh, considering QE. And I think the, the kind of bigger question is, you know, we have a national currency, and we shouldn't be relying on banks in order to keep our economy going and us kind of taking on more debt and fueling a housing bubble. We should be able to, to use it for public good.
1: I want to throw a slightly curveball question in and ask like, this all sounds like dead good. And I'm just wondering why, you know, George Osborne or anybody like that wouldn't think this sounds like a good idea.
0: Well, one thing is money creation is like a big taboo topic. So like you said, when everyone thinks about it, they think of runaway inflation. And actually, like having a conversation about how money is created has kind of disappeared from public debate. And it's only been in the last few years that, you know, through organizations like NEF and Positive Money, we've managed to force this debate on the public. And uh, the Bank of England actually released a paper on how banks create money when they make loans last year. And you know, most economists and most politicians don't understand how money is created, so we're kind of starting from ground zero in terms of um, in terms of knowledge and. You know, really just trying to stimulate a debate and so now it is in the public sphere and hopefully we can have a, a sensible conversation about how to create a system that works for society and for the people
1: well you've said all of the nice words lots of groovy things about people and society positive money got a good name I, I fully endorse what you're doing and, I, and hats off to you Fran well done love it thanks <laughs> If you want to help us touch more ears with our kick-ass brand of economics goodness, uh, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a cheeky rating, unless it's just a one star. And tell all you see on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace and that new hip cool platform that I'm certainly not aware of yet. We'll be back at the same time next week. The Weekly Economics Podcast is brought to you by the New Economics Foundation an independent think tank and charity that campaigns for a fairer, sustainable economy. Find out more and get involved at neweconomics.org.